take the Lord's given to us. We're just happy to be in the house of the Lord. Uh, pray for those that still might be traveling, that still might be trying to make it here. Uh, nonetheless, we are happy to be in the house of the Lord. For those of you joining us on the live stream, welcome. Happy to have you. Uh, hopefully you get as much out of the services that we do, but uh, on any given day that the doors are open, we welcome you. We encourage you to come here. We'd love to be able to have fellowship with you. But, uh, looking forward to the message that Brother Jim has prepared this hour. Um, he is uh, he's leading the ship and driving the ship, all the ship today. Is Brother John is unfortunately not with us today, so uh, he just finished up the Bible study. And so for the messages that he's prepared this morning and this afternoon. But we'll go ahead and get started with our psalm services today. And our first hymn that we will start with will be hymn number 57, He Leadeth Me, hymn number 57.
standing for will be hymn number 213, Where We'll Never Grow Old, hymn number 213. Join me in standing, Grateful. Dates and time down in your calendars. I think uh, we plan on having each 
day, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday at 7 p.m.? Okay, so it'll be 7 p.m. Thursday, Friday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then, uh, and then our normal fellowship time at 6 p.m. and our normal services on that Sunday. Um, so just mark those dates, those times down in your calendar. The next Lord's Supper that we'll be having will be March the 31st, that last Sunday there in March, after our afternoon services. Um, and then also remember our business meeting, I think that we'll plan on having in a couple Wednesdays from now. Uh, I believe now it's, or no, Sunday time. So used to it being on Wednesday nights that forgot that now we're switching it to Sunday. So that'll be in a couple Sundays from now. Um, so just remember that date. Um, do pray for all these meetings that we'll be having. Uh, do remember uh, our memory verse that Brother John has uh, uh, has been mentioning, which is Ecclesiastes uh, 9, chapter 10, which is, Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might, for there is no work, or advice, or knowledge, or wisdom in the grave, whither thou goest. So just uh, do continue to work on that, and don't forget our first memory verse, which was 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20. Um, so do continue to remember those. Um, so as I mentioned earlier, our prayer requests, uh, do continue to pray over Brother uh, John, um, just with his ongoing uh, medical treatments that he's seeking. Um, do pray, uh, continue to pray for Brother Jerry Dodson. Um, John said that he is out of the hospital and he's staying with his son, uh, but he does have some follow-up tests that he has to do to, to verify um, that he the challenge that he's had, so um, continue to pray for him. Do uh, continue to pray for uh, Brother John's mother, Joy, um, just for the uh, just for her medical episode that she had. Um, continue to pray over others that are on prayer list. Um, Jordan Webster, uh, Jamie Grace, Chuck and Kathy, uh, Chris Rainey, Bill Nolan, uh, Chris Stevens, Valerie Harris. Many names, Bobby Horn, that are on the prayer list. Um, you continue just to pray over them in your daily prayers. Um, and do thank the Lord for ancient prayers. Um, as we often we often ask God for prayers and for His guidance, but we seldom forget to praise Him for the things He does. Uh, as I think Brother Jim and Brother John both say, to be able to wake up before you put our feet on the floors. Praise them for allowing us to wake up with health and wellness as we, we have. And there are many places that are in this world that are without, that, are, um, that face persecution, that face uh, homelessness, just war. So do pray for uh, those areas, pray for our country, pray for those that lead our country. Um, know that uh, we were at the fellowship meeting yesterday, and, and Brother Joe Collins said that he never thought he'd live to see the day where the world has gotten to be as bad as it is. Just as the, the times of, of uh, just back in Old Testament times where as wicked as uh, the Israelites had gone through, but yet here we are, and I think that we could say that today's nation, today's state, could equally contend with that, if not as worse than that. So we pray for our country, and uh, God would use his people for revivals and fire in his churches. Pray for his churches that do uh, bring messages that do still have Staying strong for the truth. Uh, pray for those that protect our country. Uh, and pray for Brother Derek as he served our nation abroad. Um, and those that also serve in our congregation, um, <laughs> family. Um, any brother, have anybody else that I need to make mention of that I forgot? Um, pray over, uh, pray over just the work that we're doing here at Bethel and the renovations and stuff that's going on. And so uh, that's. Exciting, but I know that change is also uh, change also has some things that we have to work through. But nonetheless, we're blessed to be in a place to call the house of the Lord, and, Amen. and we're able to to just give Him the glory and praise for all that He does. So, Amen. brother, don't have anybody else that we need to make mention of. We'll go ahead and go to the Lord and word of prayer at this time. If you would, brother Tony, would you lead us? Dear Heavenly Father. Lord, we just thank you for this beautiful morning you're giving us. To come here, lift you up, praise you, dear Lord. Thank you for each family that's here today, dear Lord. Lord, if someone here, Lord, 
have accepted our life, dear Lord. Doing this service today, dear Lord, touch your heart, dear Heavenly Father. Touch it deeply, dear Lord. Let them come forward, dear Heavenly Father, and accept you as our leader, dear Lord. Through this church, dear Heavenly Father. We thank you for the love you've given each and every one of us, dear Lord. We thank you for each family that's here, dear Heavenly Father. Be with Brother Derek as he's away from us, dear Heavenly Father. Bring him all safely. Be with all our military men and women, dear Lord. Lord, this election, dear Heavenly Father, is terrible. The hatred that they have, dear Lord. They need to put you first, dear Heavenly Father. I don't understand, dear Heavenly Father, why more churches, dear Heavenly Father. The pews ain't full for this nation the way it is today, dear Heavenly Father. They need to lift you up, praise you. Christian families need to stand forward, dear Heavenly Father. Keep your word going, dear Lord, is that true word. Thank you for the love that we have for one another. I thank you. Be with Brother John, dear Heavenly Father, at this time. Be with his family. Confident, dear Heavenly Father. Be with his mother at this time. Very critical, dear Heavenly Father, when you lose someone you love, dear Heavenly Father, as you think they're suffering. But only to Heavenly Father, we only know you, Lord. We have eternal life except you, dear Heavenly Father. Just be with our prayers. Be with the shut-ins that could be among us. Thank you for this beautiful morning you've given through the sunshine here and Father through these ones that through this church that will be lift you up. Thank you for each family. And Lord, just be brother Jim as he brings the message, dear Heavenly Father. Thank you for a camera stands in. Dear Heavenly Father, through the music. As a young man here, we'll just stand strong. Do faith. That means a lot, dear Lord. Is a time, dear Lord, I just stand there in trouble, dear Heavenly Father, through love and through love of Christ. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for leading me and Vicki, true believers. I thank you for that, Lord. Be with Brother Jim as he brings the message. And I love you so much, dear Lord. Thank you for this opportunity to turn back to set you as my Savior. Amen. Amen. Final uh, hymn that we will be singing the hymn number 100, Lily of the Battle, number 100. <laughs>
Mark them which cause divisions among you. Divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have learned and avoid them. So always beware of those who would cause division, those who would bring about contention and division in the church. Brother John brought a message of Nehemiah, how that there were brother against brother, neighbor against neighbor, and then concluded that was in the, the people of God. Good message the other evening. If you haven't heard it, you can watch it again. Cameron, I tell you how to get there. <coughs> Those who would turn our hearts, our minds away from Christ. Those who would turn our minds, our hearts away from the gospel of Jesus Christ. Those who would leave the gospel, who would leave Christ and leave his church, are never content to go alone. They seek to divide between brethren and divide you from the Savior. Because we're told in verse 18 how wicked these men are. They're not innocent men taking up with an innocent intellectual error or a matter of a difference of, in terms or discussion. Paul says they're positively wicked men with evil designs. In verse 18 he says, For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus, but their own belly, and, good by, and by good works and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. So he warns us to mark those self-serving uh, men and avoid them. Then in verse 19 he tells us that we must carefully avoid these deceivers and their doctrine and that for the honor of our God and for the sake of our Savior <clears throat> because in verse 19 he says your obedience is come abroad unto all men. It's a great testimony. He says I am glad therefore on your behalf but yet I would have you wise unto that which is good and simple concerning evil. So because of your faith and your obedience, Christ is known to all that God directs your way. They know they were able to be a true witnesses because they were obedient. Because they had a reputation for believing the gospel. So if, Saul, if false teachers were to get the upper hand, these deceivers would turn you away from Christ. And because of that, the reproach, the blasphemy of his name would be great. In order to fall away, you have to be somewhere first to fall away from him. And we're told in the last days there shall be a falling away. You can't fall away if you don't stand for anything. But he's talking about those who stood for Christ falling away. So be vigilant. Your obedience, obedience is known to all. And with these great blessings, you have great responsibilities. And in light of all this, Paul says, I would have you wise to that which is good and simple concerning evil. So what he's saying is, he says, behave like you have good sense. Claim to good doctrine. Don't even give an ear to anything that is contrary to or distracts from or turns your mind from the doctrine of Christ. You will surely become more confused. And be experts in gospel doctrine and, and not even the beginning, not even in the beginnings of any evil doctrine. 
But be wise concerning that which is good and innocent concerning that which is evil. Learn and know everything you can about Jesus Christ and Him crucified. You need to find Christ on every page of the Bible. He's there if you but look for Him. So Paul has addressed the evils that we face in this day and the things we must deal with in this world. False doctrine, false prophets, divisions, offenses, temptations, trials. The things we must endure from our adversary, the devil. So he covers these things. Well, Joe Collins' message was about those things last night about corrupt politicians and corrupt preachers and corruption in the Lord's churches. Now we're growing cold where we need to be on fire for the Lord. Amen. When Paul addressed these evils, but there in verse 20, he says, and... He's tying this verse with everything he's already said. And is the conjunction. Because he says, there's one other thing that we must never forget. And the God, not for a moment, forget that the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly and that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. So don't be tricked or lured into anything evil, anything false, evil or in, in any way, because the great head of all evil, Satan, is going to be crushed by our God beneath our feet. His doom is sure. Press on in the battle against evil against all that is false, press on in the battle against all that is destructive, because the father of lies and the, and the destruction of people's souls will soon, the destroyer of people's souls will soon, will soon be himself destroyed, not taken out of existence, but he'll be put in a place where he will do no harm. So it's a, it's a broad, general, glorious promise is what this is. About the triumph of Christ and the triumph of his churches over Satan. The God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. We have this promise. This is not a promise to, that refers to any specific evil. But it's a promise that refers to all evil. It's not a promise referring to any specific tribe. Because we all have our various tribes, our various temptations, the battles we fight in our own hearts, in our own minds. That's referring to evil and, and you know now, you now face. Just the very general evil that faces in this world today with the corruption. The corruption of, in our government, the corruption in the churches, the preachers, the false teachers. So it's a promise that refers to evil that we now endure. And he says, be vigilant, always be vigilant. Because Satan is about to lose, his doom is sure. And in our text I see at least three things. We see the God of peace first. Paul was inspired to call our attention to the fact that he who is our God is the God of peace. He's not a God of confusion. 
It's certainly true that the gospel of God always causes division. God's not a, a, a divider. God is not divisive. The, the gospel causes division among men. No man can preach the gospel. You can't stand for the gospel. You can't obey the gospel and take a stand for it without making enemies, even those among your own family. The will worshippers despise free grace. Those who adore the flesh despise total depravity. People aren't all that bad. There's a little light in everybody. Just stand that light. There's no light in anybody born of Adam. <laughs> We're depraved, totally. Born into this world. The free willers, they love, the Armenians love uh, the free will men are enraged by the unconditional election of God. Those God-hating religionists trample the blood of Christ under their feet. They will not tolerate the effectual limited atonement. They will not tolerate particular grace. The preaching of irresistible grace is a call to war in almost any church today, so-called. So our Lord Jesus Christ preached away his crown there in John chapter 6, you remember that. The truth of God causes division, but not in God's house, <coughs> not God, among God's people. If you're truly a child of God, God's grace will unify you. Amen. And bring you to love one another. 1 Corinthians 14.33 says, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. What a great promise that is. So he who is our God is the God of peace. Satan always seeks to destroy peace, seeks to cause scandals and divisions among the saints of God. And he does so by perverting more than any other way the truth. By making good look evil and evil look good. That's what the world follows today. The evil of homosexuality, the evil of abortion, killing babies. Well, that's good. I mean, you've got to love everybody. The Bible says to love everybody, love your enemies. You can love somebody and still hate their actions, hate their lifestyle. You love and you hope best for them, but you can't love them as, a, as their own, you know, as you would love a believer or love a brother or sister in the Lord. He made peace for us, though. He who is God is a God of peace. They deny the, the gospel by watering it down. They take something from it. They, they add something to it. They cause problems, divisions. He is distinctly our God. He has undertaken our cause. And in the end, he will accomplish all peace for us. He, he made peace for us by the sacrifice of his son in our stead. He gives us peace by reconciling us to him with the gift of faith in Christ. What would you do if you didn't have Christ to lean upon? If you didn't really believe that Christ is who he says he is, that he paid your sin debt, that he died on Calvary, what would you do if you were aware of the fact of who you are and what you are and what you're capable of, apart from the grace of God? He sustains us in peace. He assures us of his wise and good providence. 
Romans 8, 28, I know I use that verse a lot. I can't really reach the depth of the meaning of that verse. He says, all things work together for good to them who love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. You all memorize that verse. Paul said to the Philippians in chapter 4, verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing. Don't be over worried. Don't worry. Don't be over anxious. But in everything, by prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the God of peace, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And finally, brethren, he says, here's what you should think upon. Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are a good report. Look at that list. He says, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which you have both learned and received, haven't you? He assumed the Philippians had. Those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do. And the God of peace shall be with you. So he is the God of peace. And the second thing I see, the apostle tells us of the crushing of Satan. Writing by inspiration of God, the Holy Spirit, Paul assures us that the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. That's a bold statement. The adversary, our adversary, the devil, is a beaten enemy. He's defeated. And let's try to get a larger picture of what the New Testament says about the defeat of Satan. In Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15, God promised that the seed of the woman would crush the head of the serpent. Where he said in verse 15 of Genesis 3, I will put enmity between thee and the woman, between thee, between thy seed and her seed, it shall bruise thy head, seed of the woman, the serpent shall bruise thy head. The seed of the woman shall bruise the head of the serpent. I'm trying to get these pronouns right. Brother John needs to help me with this. And thou shalt bruise his head. His heel. Let me read it. There's a little letter there. It makes a big difference. It shall bruise thy head, but thou shalt bruise his heel. Satan shall bruise his heel. They're on Calvary. So God sent his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, into the world to fulfill that promise. In 1 John chapter 3 and verse 8, for this, for this purpose the Son of God was manifest, that what might destroy the works of the devil. On the cross, the hill was bruised. Hebrews 2.14, for as much death as the children are protectors of flesh and blood, Christ, he himself, also likewise took part of the same. That through death, he might destroy him that hath the power of death, that is the devil. So it puts it in context, our text, when we look at verse 20, the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly, crush him. So, there are four conquests of Christ. I'll cover quickly. 
the work of Christ in destroying the devil as his hill was bruised upon Calvary. Compared to a head being crushed, there were four conquests of Christ, at least four. Mighty conquests of our Lord Jesus Christ. On Christ's work, Satan has been decisively defeated in the death and resurrection of Christ. In Revelation chapter 20, verse 1, that I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand, and he laid a hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil, and Satan, of course, you, in case you don't know who he's talking about. Said he bound him a thousand years and cast him into the bottomless, the bottomless pit, and shut him up and set a seal upon him. That he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years be fulfilled. And after that he must be loosed for the short season. And I saw thrones, and they that sat upon them. And judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus, for the word of God, and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. But the rest of the dead live not again until the thousand years were fulfilled or finished. <clears throat> this, before the thousand years, is the first resurrection. That's the one we'll be in. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. John chapter 12, verse 31. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. And if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. So we see the first great conquest. So by nailing our sins to the cross, our blessed Savior took upon himself the accusations of Satan, took it out of his hand, and to claw the black line of hell, all that he could do, and all he can do is roar against us. He cannot condemn us. He's a defeated foe. Romans 8.33 Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It's God that justifies. Who is he that condemneth? It's Christ that died. Yea, rather, that is risen again. And who is he? Who, who is even at the right hand of God and also make intercession for us? So Satan, one of the accomplishments of Christ is first of all, Satan has been decisively defeated. Secondly, <coughs> Satan is conquered by our almighty Savior every time one of his elect is saved by the preaching of the gospel through the omnipotent mercy and irresistible grace of God. Mark chapter 3 verse 27, no man can enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods except he first find the strong man then he will spoil his house. And then the third accomplishment of Christ, Satan being defeated now by our great Savior through, this, through saving sinners who believe and speak the word of God. We're able to wear the whole armor of God. The God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ to his image of God should shine unto them. Paul said, For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, ourselves your servants, for Jesus' sake. And he goes on to explain, because in verse 6 of chapter 4 of 2 Corinthians, he says, For God, God did it, he commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts 
to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So you understand that Satan being defeated by our great Savior saves us who believe and who speak the word of God. He uses us. Paul said to the Ephesians, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Chapter 6 and verse 12. But against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, stand. We're told that they overcame him, Revelation chapter 12, verse 11, by the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of his, their testimony. And they love not their lives unto death. So the victory is Christ's victory. It is His work that we embrace and we apply the victory to ourselves by faith in Him. We have the victory. Faith is the victory. In our battles against the devil, by believing and wielding the Word of God, just as Christ did when the devil tempted him, each time he said, it is written, it is written, it is written. That's how we overcome the temptations of Satan. Believing the Word of God, using the Word of God, <coughs> we're victors over the enemy. Triumphing over temptation. Triumphing over failures and falls, the faults that we have. 1 John chapter 5 and verse 4 says, Whosoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that condemned? Who is he that overcometh the world? Who is he? He goes on to answer that question, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. You're overcomers because of your faith in Christ. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 24, it says, The servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient, in meekness instructing those that oppose themselves, if God, peradventure, will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil, who are taken captive by him at his will. So we see the triumph that we have in the blood of Christ, in the word, and faith in him, and the word of God. And then fourthly, Satan will finally be vanquished, be thrown into the lake of fire, never to torment or even trouble us again. in Romans 16, 20. It's a glorious promise to us in this world as believers in Christ at all times, in all places, where it seems as if evil has the upper hand, where it seems as if Satan is not only a roaring lion, but a devouring lion. But don't give up. Our victory is sure. Christ is going to win. Amen. Like we said, we read the book of the, the end of the book and we win. We win. Satan has been put under our Redeemer's feet. He shall be put under ours shortly. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Verse 25, for he must reign till he hath put all enemies under his feet. Verse 26, the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. For he hath put all things under his feet. But when he saith he hath all things under him, it is manifest that he is accepted. He not under anyone's feet. Because he did put all things under him. God did. And when all things shall be subdued unto him, then shall the Son also himself be subject unto him, 
unto God that has put all things under him, that God may be all in all. And that glorious verse 10 of Revelation 20 says, The devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night, ever and ever. And then closing, we have the third point that is brought out in this. The very grace of Jesus Christ. So in the meantime, while we're still involved in this conflict, we pray for God's fire to come down upon the pulpits, come down in the pulpits and in the churches in the Jews in this nation. We're still involved in the conflict. We're still assured of the grace of Christ we must have. Grace for the battle is assured. It is ours. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Haven't you experienced it? It arrives every day. When you're able to rise out of bed and put your feet on the floor and praise God for another day, if he sees to take you home through the night, you rise up, you put your feet at his feet in heaven, and you say, thank you, Lord, I've been saved by your grace, whether here or in heaven. So we'll meet you here, or we'll meet you in the air. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. It's not for us to know the time. I don't want to know. He says he will come and place put Satan, put Satan under our feet shortly. That means unexpectedly, suddenly, soon. For the grace of God to bring us salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. And do what while you're living in this present world? <coughs> Standing for the truth. Warning sinners of their doom without Christ. Looking for that blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Who gave himself for us. That, we might, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. I pray today you fit in that category. You say, well, I'm pretty peculiar. Well, you ought to be if you're a child of God. I pray that you are. God bless you. Brother Karen will come and lead us in a closing hand. What number, brother? In number 378. 378. Let's stand sing a couple of verses in closing. Here in 78. Come to trust Christ as your Savior. All what a blessing it would be if you may have known us. If you haven't already.
thank you once again for your blessings upon us. As this session comes to a close, we pray, Lord, that you would use your word today because we know it's your power and the salvation to all those who believe. We pray you would grant grace and repentance to those who may not yet believe, but Lord, you would be merciful to them. Show them their simple condition. Grant them repentance and faith in Jesus Christ, your Son. We thank you once again for your watch care overs. Lord, for your promises that our tormentor will be crushed soon under our feet. So go with us through this day. Cause us to be mindful of your goodness and your grace and your power. Be with those who are away from us. Thank you for the food that we're about to partake of. Bring us together again this afternoon to worship you. It's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.